Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Welcome, 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 folks. It is another wonderful day to be here doing what we do today. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a bigger story right now than the debt deal. I really don't. You know, the debt limit ceiling is a, uh, a foundational issue we're facing in this country. We keep spending more and more and more, and there's just no accountability. The inflation's out of control. The dollar's collapsing. No one is going to continue using the dollar worldwide. We see the BRICS nations moving. Uh, we see the move for CDBCs to be implemented everywhere. And yet we continue to decide to spend more and more money. Now, right now we have kind of this breakdown in the Republican side, which is not uncommon because we have the Rhino Group versus the Patriot Group uh, within the Republican Party. The Rhino Group led by, of course, none other than ED leader Mitch McConnell. And McCarthy seems to be trying to walk a line between uh, the good old boy network and doing what the American people want. Now, I don't really know what I think of McCarthy. I don't know the man. I don't really know what to say about him. Uh, you know, he strikes me as political, right? Uh, and this debt deal is nothing more than that. Now, does that mean I hate everything about it? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, what it means is, is that as I watch this disaster unfolding, it, it just, to me, folks, this just illustrates exactly how screwed up we are as a country. As a nation, we're just, we're so far off that I just don't know what to do. Let me explain what I mean by this. So, yeah, we look, and I'm looking at a headline, uh, two different headlines right now. One is a Breitbart head headline, largest deficit reduction bill in history. Official estimates show debt deal cuts more than $2.1 trillion in spending. Okay, so let, they've got that. Now, let me read this one. Headline, debt deal phrase GOP unity. McCarthy enjoyed some speaker battle as prominent conservatives bolt. Okay, so these are two different stories about the same topic, both from conservative outlets. We've got Breitbart for uh, one, uh, supporting the deal, and Just the News for another, uh, clearly not supporting the deal. When I look at these, you know, it's got to, I think about the fact that most people look at this have to be a little bit bewildered. What do you think? What's going on? What's happening? And the reality is, is that, well, it's just not real clear Unless you go back to the premise, the premise, right? We're talking about a multi-trillion dollar increase in the debt limit ceiling, right? So we already have more debt than we know what to do with. We spend so far beyond our means, our kids will never pay it off. It, we're, we're now to probably two or three generations down the road, assuming that we still have a country to pay our debts. Yet, we're not talking about uh, you know, figuring out a way to actually shrink the government. What we're talking about is limiting the increase in spending. That's it, right? And apparently our government is so bloated that limiting our increase in spending is uh, a disastrous thing that the Republicans really just can't stomach. So I've got 
uh, Speaker Gingrich, and you know, Newt Gingrich has been a, a political guy forever. He's, he's a smart guy. He did great things when he was in the House. But yeah, Gingrich is looking at this, and he's looking at this as a former politician, in my opinion. He's talking about the deal and how good it is that the Republicans were able to force the Democrats into dealing. And this is, to me, the part of the problem and also part of the thing that, that really symbolizes the disconnect between the American people and the political class. So Newt, Newt Gingrich makes the argument that, you know, hey, uh, McCarthy did a good job. The Democrats weren't even going to negotiate. Now, all of a sudden, uh, we're getting this huge, huge spending cut, and this, that, and other, right? Now, to the American people, a spending cut means I make $500 a week, I make $1,000 a week, I make $2,000 a week. Uh, instead of spending $2,000 a week, I'm going to spend $1,500 a week. That's a spending cut, right? To the American government, a spending cut, and to the political class, a spending cut is we spend I don't know how many trillion dollars a year. Let's say it's $4 trillion a year, $5 trillion a year, $10 trillion a year. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, next year only spend twelve trillion instead of forty eight trillion. I mean that's the problem here, folks. The problem is is that to the American people, this is absurd. Now they put the headlines spending cuts. There's no spending cuts. There's reductions in overspending, but there's no spending cuts. Spending cuts would mean spending less than your budget less than your income. We're still going the wrong way with this, folks, and by a lot. Now, here's the problem that I have. The problem that I have is we're not in a world war uh, where we need to buy tanks. Okay, we're, there's no crisis. Uh, there's a lot of financial crises. There's a lot of economic crises. There's all sorts of things. Now, there's arguably a global war occurring uh, against America through propaganda, as General Flynn would call it, 5G war. But in terms of kinetic war, there's nothing. We're not spending all that mo extra money on military or, or defense or anything that's critical to the government. We're spending it on all sorts of nonsense, like 87,000 new IRS agents. So why in God's name, why in God's name are we even entertaining this? You know, the thing that I don't understand here is we've got the opportunity to say, you know what, uh, we're going to make about this much money per year. Let's live with inside our budget, right? We don't, even have to, we don't even have to worry about cutting the deficit. Let's just try and live within our budget. And uh, instead of that, no, we're going we're gonna to capitulate. We, the Republicans, are going to say, yeah, it's okay. Um, we're going to keep funding these 87,000 new IRS agents. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing that. Uh, we're going to keep funding transgender studies in schools. We're going to keep funding Biden's experimental diversity stuff in the military. We're not going to do anything about DEI uh, investing with BlackRock, which is part of the reason that we see the Bud Light, the Target, the this and that, all supporting this woke nonsense. No, what we're going to do is we're going to increase our budget less than what we had expected. Think about that. That's where we are on this, folks. And that's why people are frustrated. Now, the other article that we look at, the, uh, the Justin News article, talks about uh, a miniature conservative revolt, right? So Chip Roy, Lauren Boebert, Dan Bishop, 
Biggs, good. Uh, Andrew Clyde, Klein, Norman, Ogles, Buck. Um, these guys are post the bill. They are saying, you know, listen, no way on this. Well, I don't disagree with them at all. Uh, but I do disagree with the fact that they're not getting the word out the right way. Right? They're, they're talking about things like the 87,000. They have to, this needs to be communicated differently. There's a total breakdown on the communication side here. You know, collectively, these guys have a pretty big platform. Yet, instead of breaking it down in a way that people understand, they're talking about, you know, the 87,000 new IRS agents and fiscal irresponsibility. You really got to help people to understand what's going on here and how egregious this is. It's not just 87,000 IRS agents. It's not just uh, a few bad investments. It's trillions of dollars that we're spending on programs that the American people hate. Hate. You know, there's so many things occurring right now that the American people don't even understand. And our lawmakers could fix these things. And we've got a Republican majority in the House. And guess what? All spending starts in the House. These guys could shut it down and end this crap. But they think they're going to take this. They call want to call this a win. They want to call this some sort of a, a negotiated win because, well, you know, we don't have to have the government shut down. And, uh, you know, the, we're, we're not spending as much more as the Democrats wanted. You know, th that's, that is the battle cry of losers. And that's the reason that nobody likes Republicans. The Republican Party consistently plays from this position of weakness as though they're somehow going to, uh, I don't know, losing less is, is, a good, is a win for the Republicans. I just don't view it that way. I'm not a fan of losing less. I'm a fan of winning more. That's what we're not doing. So, yeah, I, as I look at this debt ceiling, uh, you know, we've got a guy, uh, Rep. Matt Rosendale of Montana, a member of the House Freedom Caucus, says the Fiscal Irresponsibility Act fails to cut spending and continues to fund Democrats and Biden administration's radical agenda. That's true. Montanans did not send me to Washington to support business as usual, which is why I'm voting against it. Good. Good. Why aren't you voting uh, uh, for a vote of no faith on McCarthy if he's going to push us forward? Hmm? We've got that, right? Mike Lee intends Ted Cruz. They vote, they're opposed to it. But here's the deal. Where's that rock salad spine we saw the Freedom Caucus in the, in the speaker vote? You guys don't have to say okay on this. You don't. Now, it would take a monumental amount of fight to do this. But you guys could actually say no and, and you know, say, listen. You're going to have to do a little better than this, or we're going to get rid of you. Let me tell you what happens in Washington, right? Behind the scenes, McCarthy talked to his Freedom Caucus people. Uh, McCarthy's people talked to his Freedom Caucus people. Whether it was him directly or someone in, in his circle, someone talked to these guys. They said, guys, listen, this is the best we think we can get from the Democrats without shutting down the government. So we're going to give you this, and... Uh, you know, you guys can rail against me publicly, uh, but I need to make sure you're not going to vote a a uh, vote to get me out, put me out of the speaker seat, right? 
I'll take the heat on this. You know, I'll go out there. I'll speak about it. You guys can rail against me, but we're still going to agree to this. And by the way, the the agreement's going to last through the election because we Republicans don't want to have this fight before the election because God knows the Republicans wouldn't want to stand for anything. The Republicans in Washington have lost any understanding of what the people want. The people who are voting for these guys, they want fighters. They don't want you to run around shooting your mouth off and uh, more hearings. Let's have more hearings, right? We've got the Republicans are the kings of hearings. Let's have hearings because that'll get you to vote more. That shows that we're doing something. Your hearings are meaningless. I don't care about hearings. That's great. You're doing hearings. Uh, Where's the impeachment vote? I want to know where the Joe Biden impeachment vote is. This guy has done things that make Watergate look like a uh, an honest deal. And yet we have no impeachment. And instead of, of fighting Joe Biden, instead of fighting the Democrats when they have the most corrupt regime in history, these guys are playing business as usual. They're just going along with this. We're going to raise the debt ceiling by uh, another $1.5 trillion and uh, raises our nation's borrowing authority by $4 trillion into 2025. We're going to let it, uh, going to let the government continue to grow at a slower rate, said McCarthy. That sounds great. That is not what we elected you for, J- uh, McCarthy. That is not what we elected you for. That is not what we stood up against. You know, and then you've got guys like McConnell, ED leader McConnell. Got to hurry up and get this done without delay. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, of course you what would you expect from McConnell? But as we look at this, you know, we the people need to do something about this. You need to get a hold of your, your Matt Gates and Lauren Boberts and tell them, listen, we know you're going to take a beating in the press for this, but you guys ought to tell McCarthy you're either you're either going to do something better than this or you're out. The Green New Deal needs to be rolled back. The trans in schools and in the military, gone. You got to stand. What are you guys standing for on this? I want to know. I want someone to tell me, give me one big big Democrat thing that's getting rolled back in this deal. What are we getting? Oh, the government's going to grow at a slower rate. That's the selling point. McCarthy's selling point on this is the government's going to grow at a slower rate. That is not a point of sale for me. I am not okay with that. I find that to be crap. I find it to be absolute crap. I'm not, de- I'm not okay with this deal. I cannot support this deal. I want Republicans to act like winners, not losers. I want them to fight for my principles. And I don't care if they look bad in the press. I don't care if CNN tell- calls them names. So what? Shut down the government. It doesn't do anything good anyways. All the government does is make me mad with their corruption. If we're lucky we'll shut down the FBI. Maybe they can quit persecuting J6 prisoners. Maybe if we claw back some money from the DOJ, they can quit uh, persecuting innocent people like Donald Trump. How much money are we giving the DOJ to continue its persecution of people like Donald Trump, uh, the J6 prisoners, everything else? I see that the DOJ is clawing back uh, charitable funds raised to help defend the J6ers. Well, how about we claw back some money from the DOJ? No, no, we're going to allow the government to grow at a slower rate. That's a win for McCarthy. You know, folks, as I talk about this, and the more I think about it, the more annoyed I get. This is mind-blowing. This is absolutely mind-blowing. Somehow, 
they want this to be a win. This is not a win. This is Republicans acting like losers. I want the Republicans to fight. I want them to act like they give a crap and like they feel like they could win something. This is why people like Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't negotiate from a position of weakness. He's not an ED leader like McConnell. We need people who will lead in Washington, and we don't have them anywhere. We have a bunch of people that are selling out to the nearest lobbyist. That's all we've got. Everywhere I look, it's a bunch of cowards. Folks, I need your support. Go to TomRens.com. Support us, back us. We need give, send, go money. We need uh, our sponsors. Buy. You know, the we talk about the money. What do you think this is going to do to our economy? It's going to crash. Buy some gold, for God's sakes. Some gold and some silver. Keep it on hand. You never know what's going to happen. It's an alternative form. I mean, it's always been worth something. I think it'll probably always be worth something. Buy some gold. Go to bh-pm.com. Tell them Ren send you. bh-pm.com. Tell them Ren sent you. Uh, you're supporting us. Share our words. Share our messages. We need to get the word out. Share things. Follow us. Support us on Twitter. Support us on True Social. Get the word out. Help us. We'll be right back. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Loud. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Okay, folks, welcome back. Welcome back. I want to talk to you this segment a little bit about uh, the market, right? The stock market. That's always exciting. Everybody loves hearing about the stock market. Well, let me tell you why it matters, right? So right now we're seeing targets losing billions with their uh, transgender nonsense. Bud Light, you know, that's that's the stuff of history. Uh, one of the worst marketing blunders ever. Now we see Kohl's. Uh, North Face, I believe, all these different companies, they keep doing this. Now, here's the thing, right? So with the Bud Light disaster, the first thing that would happen 
in any sort of a big business is every other big business marketing executive team on the planet would look at the boycott of Bud Light and they would say, oh my God, look what's happening. And they would immediately stop any and all plans. There'd be emergency meetings, any and all plans for anything trans, anything like that, anything LGBTQ, that whole thing would be stopped immediately. Now, as you may or may not have noticed, it's not only not stopped, it's continued to pick up steam. We have more and more things. Bud Light's actually sponsoring gay pride parades and other such things around the country. Uh, we're seeing, uh, like I said, Kohl's rolled out, Target rolled out, all these different companies rolled out, huge boycotts, but yet these companies keep moving forward with it. So you might be asking yourself, well, what's going on? Are they really just that dumb? No, 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 folks. You got to. I want you to understand what's happening here. What's happening has nothing to do with uh, boycotts or anything else. So the boycotts are really important, and we need to do those, and we need to step them up. But you got to understand why they're not stopping this from happening, and why more companies are continuing to to double down on this. And it basically has to do with the stock market. So, let's say that you lose nine billion dollars in your target. Well, when you look at how your money works, you've got uh, X number of mo- X amount of money that comes in based on your sales, but then you also have investment money, right? So investment money is money given to you that props up your stock price or reduces your stock price, and it has as much to say about your bottom line as anything, right? That investment money comes in, and it's based on supply and demand for your stock. Now, historically, you got to. We got to go back. We got to talk about business. Okay, so historically, a publicly traded company, uh, when people decide whether to buy or sell their stock, what would happen is, is you'd look at the company and you'd look at the financials and you'd say, well, you know, this company is making money and they're solvent and they're doing well. So if we invest in them, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make money too because their price will grow up because they're a growing company. And then if you see a company that, that was growing or that's tapered off, their growth is tapered off, or if they're declining, you'd sell their stock because you'd want the you'd want to get out of there. And if you're selling stock, the price of the stock goes down, right? If a whole bunch of people buy it, the price goes up. If a whole bunch of people sell it, the price goes down. That's supply and demand at its most basic level. And that's how the capitalist economy would normally work, but for some different things that have occurred. Well, over time, you've probably heard about IPOs. IPOs are called initial public offerings. And what those are is if you remember the stock market boom of the, uh, the 2000s, early 2000s and late 90s, what you'd hear is every company's going public. They're going public, right? And then you'd see companies that went public and the, the, their stock prices would just explode and anybody who owned stock was winning and it was a huge deal, right? That's because people were speculating that these companies were going to be super, super valuable and that they'd make all sorts of money. So so they were betting on the stocks, but they were betting without any real knowledge, right? So you, you looked at these companies and you say, well, how are they going to turn a profit? Did they turn a profit? And years later, a lot of them didn't. A lot of them didn't. So what happens then is that money uh, where it was poorly invested would typically end up being a loss and that's the way that it is but what's happened instead is that a lot of institutional investors have came into play that's where your black rocks and your vanguards come in and what's ha- over time 
what's happened is is that the value of a stock has become divorced from the earnings of the of the company and instead the value of the stock is now based more on whether uh, people like the stock and are willing to invest in it that's led to a lot of social engineering in a capitalist society okay and BlackRock and Vanguard and some of these leftists are using the hell out of this. So let me explain what's happening. Uh, you get a company like BlackRock who has trillions and trillions of dollars, and they want to start pushing this diversity, equity, inclusion investing, right, DEI. And so what they'll do is they'll say, hey, Target, we want you to sell transgender clothes. Target says, okay, we'll do that. Uh, as long as you're going to keep our stock value up. Now, it's not exactly that way because there's laws that present uh, that prevent collusion and this, that, and other. Uh, but, but you know, basically, this is kind of how it's happening in a roundabout way. Uh, that's what DEI investment is all about, right? Uh, the BlackRocks of the world say, listen, we're going to invest in companies that are doing woke things. So Target does woke things. So they... they uh, they start telling, selling transgender stuff for babies. Well, look at what happens. So you see, they start selling transgender stuff. Their sales plummet, their values plummet. But there is no permanent panic, right? There is no across the board anything because DEI is still a thing. Investment money is still a thing. And the, these companies are more afraid of BlackRock than they are of a potential boycott. Uh, they're more afraid of the institutional investors because you got to understand BlackRock and Vanguard own a vast majority of all publicly traded companies on the planet. I mean, if you're a big company, they're, they're the ones with the money. Uh, everybody, you got a 401k, you want your 401k to go up? Well, guess what? Your 401k is supporting this right now. Anyways, so what's happened is, is over time, popularity, DEI, things like this have had... They've gained a foothold. They've grown to the point where these are the things that actually determine the value of a stock. These are the things, you know, it, are you popular? Are you publicly you know, popular? Are people going to invest in you? Because this, these are things that start, have started to have more influence than the actual value of the company or what the company does. So this is really becoming an issue for we the people because we the people are now in a position where these publicly traded companies are not even accountable to a boycott or to income because at the end of the day, our 401k money is going to keep their prices propped up. Now, there's another aspect of this whole stock market thing that's important. And that's, well, how, how do BlackRock and uh, Vanguard keep going up? How do their, their stock values and your 401k values keep going up? when we see so many of their investments going bad. Well, there's two parts of that. One is the fact that they own everything. They're diversified enough that taking a loss on target is not a big deal uh, because they have enough different companies and enough different investments that it doesn't matter. The other part is, is the fact that they never lose, right? And this goes to the punishment aspect as well. So if you're a BlackRock and you've got as much money as they do, what they will do is they'll use their investment and, and their money to not only ensure that some people win or stay stable, Target's not going out of business. Trust me, folks. Uh, we got a lot more boycotts to do before Target goes out of business or Bud Light for that matter. 
Um, now we should keep boycotting, but it's it, we've got to triple down. One of the places we've got to boycott is BlackRock and Vanguard. We've got to make sure our investments are in uh, safe mutual funds and in places where you're not going to uh, be supporting this DEI nonsense. But let me tell you what BlackRock can do. So if you're BlackRock and you control this much money, you win regardless of whether a entity loses stock value or gains stock value. What? Yeah, let me explain this, right? So let's say that you're BlackRock and you own a huge position in Target. I don't know if they do or not, but let's say that they do. And uh, they decide that, uh, you know, Target's going to push this LGBTQ stuff. Well, okay, so they own a position there, and they're going to lose some money on on the stock crash if it happens. First of all, there's no guarantee that the stock price is going to go down, even if the Target's income goes down, because uh, if if you own a major... Uh, position in the company, you can keep the stock prices relatively stable, even if income goes down. If you don't sell your major position, this is going to be relatively stable. The other thing you can do is something called shorting. What's shorting? Well, shorting isn't something you do unless you're a huge company with more money than Jesus. Shorting means this. So if you want to short a sale, uh, you borrow someone else's stock and then promise to give it back later. So what will happen is, is they will borrow someone else's stock and sell it at a high price, right? So if you expect that the market's going to go down, you expect that the, the uh, stock value of Target is going to go down, what you, and you're BlackRock, what you'll do is you will borrow stock from someone who owns a whole bunch of stock in Target, and then you'll sell it right away. Then when the stock market goes down and the stock prices of Target go down, what you do is you buy that stock. You buy Target stock at a low cost. Then you give it back to the person that you borrowed the stock from. So you end up making money. That's called a short sale, right? Shorts, I'm greatly, greatly oversimplifying here, folks, greatly oversimplifying. But what these companies will do is they'll get themselves into a position where win or lose, they still win. If the stock prices go down, they make money off of short sales. If the stock prices go up, they make money by, by holding. Uh, you know, uh, it's really a shady thing. Now, when you think about this, and this is supposed to be illegal, folks, but if you think it's not happening, I don't know. I got a bridge for you. Um, let's say that you you really uh, you don't like Target. You want Target to go down. Well, you start borrowing a whole bunch of stocks from from some major stockholders. And, you know, these stockholders, these big guys, they'll know what's going to happen, right? They'll know, hey, we're going to borrow all these shares. Uh, hey, BlackRock's borrowing all these shares and they're shorting this. What's that going to do? Well, it's going to drive the prices down in Target. So then you got to ask yourself, well, why would I let, tar- let BlackRock borrow my shares? Well, because guess what? they're going to make sure that there's investment money or that the price is going to go up in this other company that I also own shares in, right? This becomes a lot easier when you own so many companies, when you own so much, when you control so many things, right? Every time there's a loser in the market, someone else wins, right? 
And uh, this is part of the problem. This is part of the problem. Uh, the, the publicly traded companies have consolidated to a point that they're all controlled by a few different places. And there's a handful of people deciding winners and losers. And they're deciding it on a global level. So your Black Rocks and your vanguards in collusion with the big banks, and by the way, uh, understand that the big banks are the other major part of this, are deciding winners and losers on a global scale. And if you are a good DEI company and you're forcing the trans issues down the throats of consumers, you may get boycotted, but you don't have to worry about going out of business because uh, they're not going to let you. And also, if you're an executive of that company, you have even less to worry about because guess what? You may have a golden parachute in your contract. And if uh, BlackRock really likes you and likes the job that you do in ensuring you're, you're properly managing their DEI principles, once you your company, if your company does go bankrupt, if BlackRock decides that your company is going to be a loser, guess what? You'll get a new position, new company without any problem. Uh, it's very incestuous at the top, folks. And at the top, there's not that many people. So if you look at what's happening, it's very similar to what we see in pharma and the federal government. You see the big pharma execs go from uh, federal government roles to big pharma roles and back and forth. We have that same sort of thing uh, in the investment world and in, in major corporations. We see that same sort of thing all over the place. Essentially, the problem that we have is corruption. And it's, it's permeating our society at the top. So you've got these companies now that are, are chosen winners or losers. And the decision whether or not they're going to be winners or losers has less to do with us and our pocketbooks and a lot more to do with companies like Vanguard and BlackRock. The key here is what do we do with this? So we, the people, really need to find investment vehicles that we can use and that we can play in, that we can be involved in, that are not supporting DEI or woke anything. This is crucial. Now, I don't really have any right now. I don't know. Maybe there's some out there. I'm not aware of it, and I hope people will make me aware of it if there are. But we need to start finding some investment vehicles and things that we can do. Now, I support things like bh-pm.com to buy gold so you've got some wealth for yourself. Uh, tell them Ren saying it. But, but that's not going to be a long-term investment solution beyond, you know, part of an overall portfolio. Yes, we should have gold. But, you know, the stock market and the companies and the business, we, we've got to have something that's going to work on that, too, because we've got to have companies that are producing goods and supplying things and things like that. We've got to have money in those companies. We've got to make sure there's investment. So we need someone who's really going to support this and get some solid mutual funds going and structure some stuff where we can uh, we can put our investment money and get it away from the Black, uh, Black Rocks and Vanguards. Now, the question will be, uh, will they continue to act in anti-competitive ways, which I think the answer is yes. And until the federal government's willing to come in and start dealing with that, or some of the state governments, I don't know what we're going to do about it. Because, I mean, there's certainly anti-competitive behavior occurring on a massive, massive scale. But uh, the question is, is, you know, what are you going to do? We, the people, can't afford to deal with that. I mean, that, the cost of fixing that's too much for any individual. So we'd have to really require, uh, rely on our law enforcement and our DOJ, and uh, I'm laughing here, folks, our state AGs to find some courage to deal with this. But it's something that needs done 
uh, in a very, very uh, profound way. And really it's one of the most important things we can do. That along with ensuring that, that we have some adequate investment programs available for people that don't want to support your Black Rocks and your Vanguards or anybody else that's involved with DEI. So yeah, this is really foundational, folks. It's it's a critical next step. And until we deal with this, the money's going to keep buying people's uh, loyalty to globalist, anti-American, anti-freedom causes. So anyways, uh, that's that. I need your support at TomRance.com. I need your support on this radio show. We need your support on our, our uh, Ren's Law Rumble channel. We're trying to put more stuff out, trying to get more uh, content out there, doing everything we can to educate the people and educate the uh, uh, you know, my, my brothers and sisters out there. We have to fight with each other. That happens by sharing, by expanding, by growing. we got to get more people listening and watching what we're doing on a massive, massive scale. Got to get it out there. Got to make sure people are seeing it. Got to make sure that we're growing. Uh, this is how we get things done, folks. We got to get the word out. So share this show. Share our Rumble. Share our uh, TomRens.com. Always share TomRens.com. We're getting ready to relaunch that. That's going to be a major relaunch. Some big, big things coming there. Uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Okay, folks, welcome back. It is stack of stuff time, and we got a stack today, let me tell you. Uh, the real issue we have today is where do we start? Because the stack is long and uh, substantial. 
Uh, I think, you know what, I think today we're going to start out with an article from Brownstone. It's a cheat sheet for legislatures regarding the who and health emergencies, right? Uh, and, and what this does is this article goes through and just gives some information about the who and some of the stuff that, uh, that, you know, our elected officials are, well, too ignorant to recognize, uh, because they don't bother doing any of their homework. So you have to give them a one, two, three, four, five, uh, cheat sheet so that they actually know what's going on. So within this, I'm going to read this. I think there's five points in here. Uh, and, and uh, this is critical because as the, the World Health Organization is trying to uh, take over the sovereignty of nations, you should know a little bit about this, this organization, right? We should know who they are and what's going on. So uh, point one, the World Health Organization is not independent and is significantly privately directed. Did you know that? Uh, funding was dominated by assessed contributions from uh, countries initially, uh, but that's not necessarily the case anymore. Uh, you know, any funder really wants to implement programs, they can kind of do this. So a lot of private entities are doing this, and a lot of those private entities are big pharma, Gates, foundation-type people, and stuff like that. So uh, they are not the independent government-type uh, entity that everybody wants to pretend they are. Uh, number two, people in democracies cannot be subject to dictatorships. Well, the who wants to have uh, control over what happens in a country in a health emergency. And essentially what they want is to be able to come in and say what we have to do. They want to be able to come into the United States and say, well, you've got to be able to, you've got to get your vax whether you like it or not. We're going to put you in a quarantine camp, this, that, and the other. The problem is, is that it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Legally, our Constitution prevents this. And the Constitution does supersede anything that Joe Biden does. Now, what this means is, is that constitutionally, this, this, these WHO mandates could never work in this country. But uh, before you start taking solace in the fact that that's uh, the protection that you have, remember, uh, the Constitution was widely ignored during the COVID pandemic has been widely ignored in a number of other instances. And uh, frankly, I don't trust that they're gonna, they're gonna properly ensure that it's implemented in the event of another uh, global health emergency, which I assure you is on its way. Uh, number three, the who is not accountable to those it seeks to control. Well, that goes to what we're saying here and to really to number one, it's not independent, it's privately funded. Uh, the accountability in the who comes from basically who, who's given them the checks, right? They don't really care about the member states or anything else. Uh, the who is really very much a entity that's controlled by the people who are writing the checks. Number four, centralization through the who is poor policy by incompetent people. And this is a very reasonable uh, analysis. I mean, you've got private money that's really there to promote certain agendas, it's not really about good policy. It's not a good policy efficacy or, or uh, you know, the outcomes are really not even considered. It's just who's going to fund what, right? So that's a, that's a true thing. And number five, uh, real pandem pandemics are not common and are not becoming more common. Well, that's true. We don't have a whole lot of real pandemics. 
uh, COVID was never the pandemic that they made it out to be. They lied about the fatality rates and everything else. They killed as many people as they could in the hospitals and elsewhere. They're killing people with the vaccines. And, uh, you know, they're going to take all the death from their, their uh, COVID countermeasures and try and call that another pandemic. It's, a, it's all nonsense. So, I don't know. It's an interesting article worth taking a look at. Uh, you can find the link in our stack of stuff. Um, okay, next headline. Okay, this is not the B, and I, I found this to be funny. The New York Times doesn't like Disney's inclusive version of The Little Mermaid because it lacks kink. I got to be honest with you, folks. I know I'm wildly out of touch, but I don't actually even know exactly what kink is. But, you know, that's that. So this article goes in, and yeah, there's been all this controversy around The Little Mermaid uh, because... Well, the the star, the Little Mermaid person is black. I don't know why there's any controversy. Who cares? I mean, I think that live action movies suck. I think the fact that they, you know, are making decisions based on diversity is garbage. But I don't really care. Who cares what color the, the actress is? I mean, what's the difference? If they want to do that, fine. You know, I think it's a, a ridiculous... Well, you know, hey, look at me uh, type thing. It's like, you know, these woke buffoons trying to high five each other. But, you know, if they want to do a live action, I mean, I, the live action of these cartoons suck to me. I mean, I just don't like it. But, you know, I don't care who the, I don't care what color the star is. What the, what the hell's the difference? Apparently, it's a big deal. I mean, because, you know, some conservative commentators have made comments on it. And, you know, realistically, did you really think when you started making comments on it, nobody was going to care? You know, so anyways, but I, you know, all that aside, uh, the New York Times uh, kind of panned it because they, they thought it was a boring movie, which, well, it probably is. Like I said, I don't like these live action things. But uh, yeah, they here here's the tweet from the New York Times. Uh, Disney's live action remake of The Little Mermaid with Halle Bailey starring as Ariel and a diverse cast, quote, Reeks of obligation and noble intentions, uh, Wesley Morris writes. And then, quote, joy, fun, mystery, risk, flavor, kink. They're missing. Well, the noble intentions? I've got an issue with that. I mean, what's the noble intention? Shouldn't the intention be to make a movie that people want to watch? Isn't that the point of a movie company? I mean, call me stupid. Uh, I mean, if they think that, you know, casting a Black Little Mermaid is going to sell movie tickets, then can't sell it. If they think casting a Asian or a Latino or pick your, I don't care. Who the hell cares about that? That's, that's their thing. But I'm not sure uh, why that's a noble intention. I mean, isn't it about selling tickets? And that's what I would think. Uh, second of all, and the point of this, not the B story, is uh, uh, missing is uh, joy, fun, mystery, risk, flavor, and kink. Well, what risk or kink are you going to put in? What, what the hell is kink? I don't know exactly what kink is, uh, but, you know, I, I'm aware it's sexual something. Why, why do we need anything in there related to sex? It's the freaking Little Mermaid. What kind of kink are you going to put in? It's for kids. 
I mean, I, I don't know any adults that want to go see Little Mermaid. Why do you want kink in there? I mean, I'm guessing that uh, Wesley Morris is a pervert and wants to groom kids. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I mean, uh, according to this article, quote, the rowboat scene in which Ariel shows Eric how to say her name, a scene produces, that produces Kiss the Girl Calypso number that Sebastian, voiced with an island accent by David Diggs, sings to cajole Eric into planning one on Ariel and unwittingly restoring her voice, uh, is the swooniest things get. And then they note, the lyrics have been tweaked to add more consent. That's offensive. I mean, what do you mean they've been tweaked to add more consent? I, what, what, the girl can't talk. So how the hell is she going to consent? Uh, apparently, these leftists think that you need a contract before you give someone a kiss. So, uh, yeah, unless they had a, a contract produced uh, that they were able to sign, I don't think there could have been. I don't know. And they go on. And, I mean, they've got stuff in here trying to bring in slavery and all sorts of. It just, I'm sorry, but whoever wrote this. It's just a just a a buffoon, just a buffoon. Okay, I've got a whole bunch of words that I want to use there that I I'm holding back on, as a uh, professional broadcaster who tries to be a reasonable good reasonable Christian. But I mean, really, folks, this is just stupid. It's just stupid. Well, what can we do? Well, we need more kink. We need more diversity. You're an idiot. Is it a good movie? Did you enjoy watching it? That's what I want to know. But, you know, that's just not what they do. All right, moving on. Uh, headline, Daily Caller. Nobody wants Biden. Wall Street quietly hopes an another Dem wins the party nomination, according to this report. And uh, interesting article. I mean, nothing major in here, nothing really groundbreaking. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's really important to, to know that nobody wants Joe Biden as president. Joe Biden, who beat Donald Trump and got more votes than any president in history, any presidential candidate in history, is, I mean, they don't even want him there. I, I, his approval rating, according to this, 37%. Uh, real clear politics average for the 2024 D, D primary. Uh, indicate Biden has uh, only 59.3%. And that is in the Democrat primary. RFK's at 16.8. Love to see RFK over Biden. At least it'd be someone I'd, you know, on the Democrat side that I didn't, didn't hate. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Kennedy's got a lot of right things that he's doing and, uh, I mean, he seems like Kennedy actually likes America. Well, uh, I don't know. But, yeah, you look at this, and it just, uh, you know, Wall, they, they made sure to point out that they don't want Trump either. But, uh, you know, they just really, Wall Street doesn't want Biden. Okay, Liberty Daily headline, my guy J.D. Rucker. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Freedom-loving actor Rob Schneider drops truth bomb on Twitter and goes super viral. I love this, right? So here's his, his post. Uh, this is from Rob Schneider. A truly remarkable and horribly sad indictment on the politicians who run these cities. And then he's got a meme that says, The U.S. has the third highest murder rate in the world. If you remove Chicago, Detroit, 
Washington, D.C., St. Louis, and Philadelphia from that figure, just those five cities, then we go from the third highest murder rate in the world to 189th out of 193 countries. All five cities have strict gun control laws and are controlled by Democrats. Fact check it. Okay. So I didn't fact check it because I don't really care to and I don't really need to, but I love this. I love this. And, you know, the thing is Chicago, Detroit, Washington, D.C., St. Louis, and Philadelphia. Boy, isn't that the truth. You get rid of those and uh, the murder rate plunges dramatically. All those cities with great gun control laws, all those cities where you uh, have, you know, wonderful Democrat regimes that are that are doing everything they can to keep people safe. Those five cities take us from 189th in terms of murder rate to third. Third, folks. Think about that. Those five cities. We just need to arm everybody, give everybody a gun, teach them how to use it, and we're okay. Right? All right. Uh, J.D. Rucker. Try not to laugh. A COVID outbreak happened at a CDC conference with 99.4% of attendees vaccinated. So (laughs) J.D. opens up and he says, this shouldn't be funny, but for some reason I literally chuckled when I saw it. The reason is obvious. CDC and other experts have hammered on vax for two years about how safe and effective the jabs were. And now, with pandemic panic theater finally fading, a CDC conference with nearly 100% vaccination rate gets hit by a massive outbreak. Folks, in 2021, I was talking about get the jab, get COVID. You want to get COVID, get the jab. If you've already got the jab, expect to continue getting COVID forever uh, or for an undetermined amount of time. The, you know, here's the difference between JD and I. I didn't even try not to laugh. I would laugh and point like, ha, 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 you're idiots. You know, this is a CDC conference. So these are the people who tried to force it on others. So while I don't wish ill on anybody, I feel zero pity for these people. Uh, These are the people that that should know better, didn't care, tried to poison other people because they're absolute garbage. These are absolute scumbags. Uh, I don't know. Um, Kind of a complicated article. Uh, uh, No tricks zone. Uh, Scientists have determined there is no measured data to indicate thicker than present ice after 4KA at West Antarctica study site near Thwaites Doomsday Glacier, any ice melt observed today is thus reversible and natural. Uh, new study destroys Doomsday Glacier narrative. Today's ice eight times thicker than the last 8,000 years. Turns out the ice is getting thicker in Antarctica, folks. And uh, the, the single spot where it's getting thinner According to this article, it's because uh, it's an area where the Earth's crust is more narrow, is uh, much thinner, and so you get geothermal heat, and it's a natural phenomenon that occurs in that part of Antarctica. It's just the way our world is built. Uh, across the rest of Antarctica and around the world, the global ice cap is actually increasing. There is no global warming. It's a lie. It's a fraud. It's always been that. There's no question about it, right? 
the global warming is the the granddaddy of scientific fraud. It, it set up the COVID fraud. It set up everything. It's just all garbage. So, anyways, that's that. Uh, <laughs> headline Contra Substack uh, dispatch from the War on Pattern Recognition. Uh, a crime-fighting database has been credited with making New York safer. Activists want it gone because the people it tracks are primarily black and brown. So uh, police department keeps a database that keeps tra- tabs on a bunch of criminals, keeps information on them, and uh, apparently it's been effective at keeping New York safer. That said, folks, it's got to go because too many, the database is obviously racist because when it attacks criminals, turns out that too many of them are people of color. And so obviously the, the problem is, is that the database is racist. It's not that there's too many people of color committing crimes. It's that the database is racist. Go figure that one out. All right, folks, uh, we need your support. We need your backing. Go to TomRens.com, support us there, but also support us here. Share this show, share the Out Loud Network, uh, get yourself some Cofix, get yourself a Genesis HOCL, use those products, use the Out Loud code at checkout. All of our sponsors for the America Out Loud Network are excellent, and you want to use Out Loud code at checkout for each of them. Anything you need, get it from there. Uh, you know, Malcolm does a great job vetting these sponsors. They're good people, good products. I use a lot of them. And if you use out loud code at checkout, you're supporting this network and you're supporting our sponsors. So I want to urge you to click on the banner ads, use out loud code at checkout and support us here. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening, folks.